With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening. We are live on the air, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Black Women Widows Empowered Blog Talk Radio. And welcome, once again, this is our episode, our ninth episode, oh my goodness. And I am Saber Robinson, the founder of Black Women Widows Empowered, where since 2015, we have been empowering widows of color via podcasting, blogging, book discussions publishing, meetups, dating events, and even uh, various Facebook support groups. So welcome to our podcasting world, rather. And for today's episode, I would like to give a shout-out to uh, the Shaw University Divinity School as they gear up for their 32nd annual women's conference, with one to take place in a few weeks. Uh, October 27th through the 28th, they will be having a conference entitled the Soul of Black and Brown Girls. So more information about this, about this conference can be found online at shawu.edu or call them at 919-546-8570. And that's shawu.edu or call at 919-546-8570. Now let's go ahead and get started. All right, now I have with me Russ Thornton of Wealth Care for Women out of Atlanta. Welcome, Russ. Thank you for joining. Thanks, Sabre. Excited to be here. All right. I'm excited to have you. So glad you could join us this evening. Um, I'm excited to chat about the financial well-being of women, specifically uh, women who are doing it alone due to the loss of a spouse. So um, I just really want to thank you. I know we've been trying to get this done for a few months, but I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you for, um, you know, being uh, able to participate in this podcast. And, and, and I also want to thank you for allowing me to include your article, The Seven Financial Tips for Your First Year as a Widow. I happened to Google that, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I've got to – I've got to post this, but I wanted to post it on my blog, so you so graciously approved, <laughs> and I, I appreciate that, and um, I've been getting a lot of uh, interest from that article, so of course, I do, you know, um, I do uh, route them to your, your website, and I'm so glad to finally have you um, as a guest on the show. So welcome once again. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I appreciate it. It feels like this is uh, this has kind of been a long time coming, but uh, good to uh, good to finally chat with you live. And um, I, I think the work that you and your organization are doing is fantastic. So um, I'm I'm glad uh-huh. I'm glad we connected and are, and are able to talk about it a little bit a little bit this evening. Awesome. Me too. Me too. I know 
Um, sometime last year is when I shared the article, and I, I shared your resources as well uh, during our first event. And thank you for sending me your business card. So I was like, oh, my goodness, I've got to have him on the show. So um, thank you once again, Russ. So let's, let's go ahead and get started. Yeah, let's go ahead and get can hear me okay, right? Perfect, yep. All right, I can hear you. Uh, excellent, excellent. Um, now, tell us a little bit about your services, if you can, and how you got started. Yeah, so um, I'll give you uh, kind of the Reader's Digest version of my background. I, um, I've been a financial advisor for uh, over 20 years now. I can't believe that. Um, so I started it, wow. uh, I started in Atlanta right out of college back in 93. Uh, I was with Merrill Lynch at the time and was there for about uh, 12, 13 years, at which point I left, um, decided that I wanted to launch my own firm. So I did that again here in Atlanta, um, and I set up my own uh, firm to serve as a fee-only uh, fiduciary advisor working with folks from all walks of life. Um, and um, in 2009, uh, after about three or so years, I actually joined a larger independent fee-only firm, and that's where I'm at now. They're, they're based in Richmond, Virginia, uh, and they're called uh, Wealthcare Capital Management. Um, over the years, um, I found myself just working with more and more women, and that was mostly through word of mouth and referrals and introductions. Um, and that included women that were just single, never married, uh, had been divorced, uh, and a large portion of those women were uh, widows uh, that had lost their spouse, um, you know, at, at different ages. Oh, and so I, oh, um, wow. I kind of, yeah, and so I, I, I kind of embraced that about five or six years ago and decided that I really wanted to kind of focus my efforts um, on serving women in transition. And so that, that's kind of a broad terminology, but in my world, that that typically focuses on uh, women that are transitioning into widowhood and life on their own, or women that are dealing with divorce and are, are facing a somewhat similar transition, although under different circumstances. And as I'm sure you can attest, it's, um, it's challenging, but very rewarding work yeah. to um, help these women, you know, find their path, find a path forward and, and, you know, transition into a, a new stage in their lives. Yeah. Yeah, and and so many widows need this. You know, we we look at everything. Um, you know, we 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 have issues from you know mental health, from uh, just loneliness, and um, you know, just not being even physical health. But you know, we need to talk about finances as well because you know many widows are you know are down to one income. Um, especially if there's no uh, no will left or you know no life insurance. So I know a lot of widows who uh, were in that boat, or if they did have life insurance, you know it was it was very little. So um, that's why I really wanted to have you on the show. So um, thank you, thank you for that. Awesome. Um, yeah, so, it's uh, it's it's tough, and there's there's no there's no way to put a a positive spin on such a difficult transition in someone's life. Um, but I think there are some things that, which I think we're going to talk about that women um, should at least be aware of or consider if they haven't already, uh, just to help them make more informed decisions, be, be a little bit more proactive in, um, you know, managing their, their finances to ultimately support their lifestyle long-term. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I do have a couple of questions, and um, I know a lot of a lot of my widow friends. They, you know, I shared with them this podcast, and they were really interested in and uh, the responses to these questions. And I know we have a few callers on the on the line, but um, I'll open it up uh, later throughout the podcast. But my first question is: What what professionals uh, can serve as helpful resources when adjusting to life as a widow? Yeah, so um, let me kind of preface this and and probably a lot of my other comments by saying, you know, it depends. Um, Everyone's situation is going to be unique and different, and it needs to be treated as such. But having said that, I think that a lot of women, when they're initially dealing with, you know, adjusting to life on their own, they've lost their spouse. Um, You mentioned earlier in the conversation that, you know, they're dealing with loneliness and grief and, um, I would encourage them not to feel like they have to tackle all of this on their own when it comes to mm. um, financial and finance related issues. Um, there are some people that can help. And some of those professionals are finance uh, you know, professionals in some regard or another. Others are not. Um, but I think that having the right frame of mind can help you make better, more rational decisions around your money, which can obviously impact you for the uh, more positively long term. So, a couple that you know, I would I would encourage people to consider working with, um, you know, as they deal with kind of transitioning to life on their own, uh, would be uh, an attorney, uh, more specifically an estate planning attorney. Um, hopefully, you know, your spouse had a will, and there's a will in place that can help uh, kind of direct the disposition of assets and things like that. Um, yeah. But whether there's a will or not, you're going to have to go through. Uh, a process called probate. And that's typically happens in the uh, county uh, in which you reside and um, having, and depending on the size and complexity of your financial life um, and that of your, um, your spouse, um, it's not something that you can't do on your own. But I think that um, for those that want to make sure they do it right and do it right the first time, it makes a lot of sense to have an experienced estate planning attorney that has experience dealing with probate to help uh, make sure that you, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's, make sure that you um, do things within, you know, specified deadlines and and things of that nature. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Um, Another Another couple that I'll mention real quick um, is uh, an okay. accountant, uh, and that could be a CPA, oh. a certified public accountant, or just an accountant. Um, you know, depending on your familiarity and involvement with taxes, um, you know, you're going to have to continue to file an income tax return each and every year. Um, so, um, again, depending on the comp- complexity of your situation, that might be something that you're comfortable dealing with on your own using something like TurboTax. But if uh, if if you mm-hmm. just if that's just one other thing that you don't want to have to deal with, um, it makes sense to find a good experienced, qualified accountant to kind of help you manage the process, not just when it comes to filing your tax return on April 15th, but in the year prior uh, to see if there's anything that you can do to proactively plan to um, mitigate taxes, to improve your, your situation, take advantage of deductions and uh, credits and things like that. Um, a financial planner is another professional that uh, could could be helpful to kind of help you take a step back and see the big picture, like like not just decisions that you're making in the next days, weeks, months, but you know 
what's your life going to look like five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now? Are, are you thinking yeah. about retirement and educating your children or, or whatever's kind of on your plate? And then finally, um, you know, you mentioned it earlier, Sabra, like I know you and your organization have some great support groups on Facebook, um, but look to your community uh, and that could be your church. Uh, that could be a, a support group locally. That could be a, a working one-on-one with a therapist or counselor to, uh, to deal with the emotional side. Um, you know, grief is a very real thing as is loneliness, uh, as can be depression, which is not uncommon uh, when you're dealing with the loss of a spouse. So, you know, make sure you're taking care of yourself, um, both not just financially, but, uh, you know, mentally and physically as well, because yeah. I think all of that kind of permeates the decisions you're going to going to need, need to be making and faced with. Absolutely. These are great. Uh, these are awesome. Thank you for that. Um, I do have a quick question though. Um, there was, there's something that I, I had to deal with, um, and I had, uh, I wrote something about it in one of my blogs, but have you heard of, and I'm sure you have, it's called a widow's allowance or a spousal spousal allowance um, where they uh, only allow you to have uh, the first year, I think, up to 35000 or something like that. But I know I had to do that for here in the state of North Carolina because I did not have a will. And something that you didn't mention was that, you know, it's important to have a will. It's important to have an attorney, uh, you know, to kind of help you along the way. But when you don't have a will, you know, what do you do? Yeah. So, uh, and and you're absolutely right. Um, If you, if you take nothing else out of this uh, conversation, for for those of you that are listening, um, Make sure that you have a will for yourself, and if you're still married, um, uh, that your spouse has a will as well. Um, as I mentioned, at the at the passing of your spouse, you're going to have to deal with probate. Uh, having a will in place makes probate go a, a lot more uh, smooth uh, and easy because um, probate is basically just a process where you have to figure out, all right, who who gets what, um, how are uh, how are your spouse's um, belongings, debt things like that disposed of, who do they pass along to, that sort of thing. The will is basically a, uh, you know, kind of a guidebook or an instruction manual created by mm-hmm. your spouse or by you uh, to, yeah. to basically kind of lay out, here's, wh- here's how I want things to happen. So um, I'm not familiar, uh, Sabra, with like the widow's allowance, but um, okay. I think, or that terminology, but what I think you might be talking about is, you know, if if uh, if there's a lot of potential assets or income tied up in your spouse's estate, and you yeah. can't get through probate in a timely manner, um, the probate judge uh, that's overseeing the probate process um, is often willing and able to um, basically specify that you know they're going to give uh, the surviving spouse uh, a set amount of assets or a set yeah. amount of income for a period of time until the probate process. Uh, can be completed. Okay. Yeah, that that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I guess um, the lawyer I went to, that's what she referred it as. <laughs> so it must yeah. be, it may be called something else as well. So, oh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, this is great. This is great. Um, all right. Well, I do have a couple more questions, if you don't mind. Um, you know, how can, how can widows handle 
you know, the day-to-day finances? I think, you know, um, I, I, the advice that I hear myself repeating again and again, regardless of the situation, is um, keep things simple. Um, I think a lot of um, women feel the need to, um, you know, stay up to date with, you know, this, that, and the other in terms of techniques and accounts and investments and things like that. And I think a lot of it is going to be somewhat influenced by how involved you were in the family finances while your spouse was still alive. Um, Mm -hmm. But keep things simple. And to the extent that you can, um, set things up on autopilot. Um, I find a lot of people um, potentially dig themselves into holes, either um, you know, either uh, intentionally or otherwise, um, when they have to make a lot of ongoing financial decisions. Uh, for example, I get a paycheck in. Um, do I spend it? Do I save it? Do I pay off debt? Um, where does that money go? And I think a great benefit that a lot, a lot of women can take advantage of is having a lot of those decisions already made ahead of time. So for instance, um, if, you get, if you get paid every two weeks, uh, and let's say that, um, let's say you get uh, your paycheck every two weeks is like $1,800, um, just to use a random number. You could say, all right, well, out of that $1,800, I want, um, you know, however much goes to your mortgage payment or your rent payment, um, however much goes to your car payment, if you have one, however much goes to any credit cards, um, how much goes to s- setting aside for just, you know, daily living expenses, whether that's fuel for your car or uh, clothes or food or utilities. Um, and let's say out of that $1,800, um, if you itemize everything out, uh, let's say that I'm just going to say $1,600 of that is spoken for. Um, that goes to expenses like rent or mortgage, um, utilities, fuel for the car, et cetera. So that leaves you $200 a month left over. With that $200 a month, then you have a more simple decision, which is, all right, well, if I have $200 a month left over, or I'm $200 a pay period left over, what do I do with that money? And then you have a much more simple decision, which is, all right, do I save it? Do I spend it? Do I, do I pay off uh, additional debt? Things like that. I think that's a much better approach than being faced with potentially a dozen different uh, decisions every time you get a paycheck or every pay period. If the, does that kind of make sense? Saber, did I lose you? That makes sense. Keep it simple. Um, yeah. and, and we tend to, you know, when we're, especially I would think um, for anyone coming into a lot of money, I would say keep things simple as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, because, yeah, even um, more so. We, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's, yeah. We could, we could, we could, you know, tend to spend because we're grieving. So um, that really is, you know, a great way to put it either way. So thank you. Yeah. And, and, what and, there's, and, there's, just, and there's tools out there, uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt, just there's tools out there that are free and um, can really help. Like uh, mint.com is one that I often recommend to people just to um, kind of help you keep better tabs on what, where the money's coming from, where it's going. Um, and it does a lot of the work for you, but it gives you a nice overview of, you know, where your money's, you know, at at any point in time, both in terms of income expenses and things like that. So uh, for those that aren't familiar, you might want to check out mint.com. It's a great tool for helping you manage everything. Is that M I N T.com? It is. Yes. Awesome. I I never heard of that. Thank you. 
Well, I'm going to stop here just for uh, – I'm going to pause real quickly and, and just kind of open it up to anyone that's on the call if you have any any uh, questions for Russ. So I'm going to pause for about five seconds, and uh, the lines are open. So does anyone have any any questions for Russ? Hey, Saber, it's Melody. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Melody. You have a question? Yes. Um, I have some questions about the Social Security for Widows. Um, in terms of accessing your husband's, late husband's Social Security, um, I forget what the age is, number one. I think it's 62. But number two, if you're also eligible for Social Security, do you recommend that you take uh, your husband's Social Security first and then wait until maybe you're 67 or 70 to take your own Social Security? What do you typically Yeah, so um, as, as you may have heard me mention earlier in the call, um, every situation is going to be a little bit, little bit unique, and so it, it, it depends. And um, I hate to say that, but um, you ask a really good question. So um, the way that works is um, you, you, get the, uh, you get the greater of your own Social Security benefit so your own social security benefit or your spouse's. So um, in almost, well, I, so it's going to depend. If you were the primary breadwinner and had a higher earnings history, your, your benefit actually might be higher than your, your spouse's survivor benefits. So um, I would tell you that you probably just want to take the higher of the two. Um, and there were some changes late last year, so late in 2016, that actually did away with some of the opportunities to, um, for example, like you mentioned, taking your spouse's benefit and delaying yours and taking yours later. Um, that's yeah. largely off the table for most people. Um, oh. So, um, so you, you need to just look into that. And, and one thing that I've, I've got to tell you is, and I hate to say this, but um, if you call the Social Security Administration and talk to someone in their office, they are well-meaning people, but oftentimes um, they don't understand all the rules themselves. So I would really encourage you to do your own research. Uh, go to ssa.gov, read up on uh, survivor benefits and things like that, and don't don't take whatever the Social Security Administration tells you at face value because oftentimes they uh, they get it wrong, I'm afraid. So um, just okay. be, be a little skeptical, I guess I would say. So to be clear, it's an either or now. It's not an and. You can't take your husband's Social Security survivor benefits and your Social Security? Uh, correct. Yeah. So, well, and to be clear, I mean, so there's there's a couple of moving parts here. So, like, there's a one-time Social Security uh, death benefit of, like, $255 um, and, and things like that. But, um, but, yeah, so you can take your benefit or – uh, you can take your uh, your spouse's uh, benefit, but you can't take both. Technically, the way Social Security handles it is they give you yours, and then if your husband's, uh, your, I'm sorry, if your spouse's was greater, they give you the difference. So you're still technically getting yours, but um, I think to keep it simple, it, think of it in terms of dollar amounts. You either get yours uh, or your spouse's, whichever is greater. Um, I'm not familiar with or aware of the ability to get um, to get both. I didn't know that. I thought it was both. Yeah, I think it used to be both, but he said it's changed now. So this is good information. It really is. Yeah. Because I know that this topic was a hot topic um, in in our chat group. 
And, um, Melly, that's an excellent question. Thank you for asking. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that clarifies quite a bit because I thought it was still, you know, uh, you have the choice of getting both, and you can delay yours and, and take your late spouses first. Hmm. Okay, Do we, Great. Do we have any more questions? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Melody. Do we have any more questions from any listeners? I do have a question. Okay. Hi. Who you this is Sean. Davis from Cincinnati. Shauna? Yes. Oh, hi, Shauna. Uh, you, you were breaking up. Thank you for okay, joining. I What's your question? My question is, um, as far as insurance, what, for my late... Okay, we lost her. I think we lost her. Do I have everyone else on the call? I think we lost Shauna. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. All right. Well, we are due. We're going to go ahead, and uh, I have a couple more questions for you, Russ, uh, before we end the call. Um, what okay. are some initial fin- What are some initial financial steps that should be taken um, once you're a widow? Well, I, I, you know, we already talked about uh, going through probate. Um, that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of at the top of the list, I think. Um, and, and that has some uh, some time uh, frames associated with it, where you can't just put that off indefinitely. Um, having said that, um, there is very little that you know has to be done like within a week or within a month. Um, obviously, you want to make sure you're continuing to make uh, make payments on bills and things like that. You don't, you don't want to let those fall through the cracks because that could impact your credit and that could lead to other problems. But uh, once you've kind of started uh, going down the road of the probate po- process, uh, don't feel um, like you need to be in, in any rush uh, to get anything else done. Uh, virtually everything else I've ever encountered is, is not a, um, is something that has to be done like within the first, first 30 days, for example, uh, after your uh, spouse uh, passes. Now, having said that, um, some other things that you might have to deal with, and I, maybe this is what Shauna was starting to ask about, because I think I heard her say insurance. Um, yeah. You know, if, if there was insurance in place in your, your uh, spouse-owned insurance, either, um, either pr- personally or uh, through his or her um, job, um, you need to um, you know, reach out to the appropriate parties, understand what's involved, go through that process. Um, a lot of times, um, the, well, if there's insurance involved, that money comes to you tax-free if you're a named beneficiary. So um, that's money that, that you would receive without any tax consequences. Oh. A lot of insurance companies will uh, give you the opportunity to keep that money at the insurance company, and they'll put it in an interest-bearing account, uh, or you can take that money and do with it as you please. Um, but insurance is one thing you want to uh, make sure you address. Um, any benefits? So Melody was asking uh, about Social Security. Um, you want to obviously look into uh, any benefits that you're eligible for. Um, if you're over 60 at the time of your spouse's death, um, you may be entitled to, uh, to go ahead and start receiving survivor benefits. Um, but that's something you want to look into as well as other uh, – if your uh, spouse was eligible for or was, or was receiving a pension through work and uh, that pension has survivor benefits associated with it. Um, that's something you want to look at. Um, retitling accounts. Uh, for example, if the cable bill was in your spouse's name, 
uh, and you want to continue to use that cable uh, company, you need to move that account over to your name. You need to move joint accounts into your single name. Um, th yeah. Those are a few. I mean, there there are several more, but uh, those are a, those are a few to start with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely understand moving um, accounts into uh, your name. Um, and, you know, even recently with me, uh, my my electric bill was in my husband's name for five years until they found out somehow. I mean, I just didn't, you know, um, make it a priority to, to change it into my name. And um, I had to just recently. And I guess it was more of, you know, just seeing his name come, you know, his name on the uh, on the bill. Um, and whereas maybe other uh, other widows may may have forgotten, but you know, it's 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 a lot to it. You know, grief can have us do things that um, you know make us forget. We can have widow brain. <laughs> uh, that's the term, um, or brain fog. Um, that. You know, we 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 seem to have once you know our spouses um, leave us because we just tend to forget a lot. We just don't want to do things, or we just you know um, see it there and and just put it off. So this is really good information. It it, it truly is. And um, thank you uh, once again, Russ. I do appreciate uh, having you here on the call. Um, I'm going to take probably two more questions. And then we will get some more information from you as far as your contacts. Um, one of the questions I do want to ask, and, and this is kind of, I'm sure, uh, something that everyone probably has done, and that's mixing money and emotions. So what are the dangers? What do you feel the dangers are of mixing money and emotions? Well, uh, we, we could probably spend an hour talking just about that topic, um, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, but, you know, as you just referenced, like whether you've kind of got, um, you know, widow brain or you're kind of in a fog, I mean, you're you're dealing with a lot in the wake of losing a spouse um, and yeah. it, not not just dealing with a lot financially. You're dealing with, you know, your um, your basically your whole life is getting turned upside down. Um, where you were formerly in a partnership, now you've got to make decisions and, and manage things on your own. How do, how do you handle changing relationships with your in-laws? Or how do you deal with children, especially if they're minor children? I mean, you've got a full plate. So, uh, and there's a lot that needs to be dealt with there, uh, grief being primary among them. When you add financial responsibility and financial decisions to that mix, it can often, uh, it can often lead to um, irrational decision-making. Um, and that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that you're intentionally uh, making bad decisions. It doesn't mean that you're not intelligent or that you're not bright. It's just that the emotions can cloud our our decision making process in the best of times. So when you're dealing with a situation like the loss of a spouse um, and you have to uh, make decisions about saving or spending or paying off debt, or do you keep the, do you keep the home that you've maybe been in for years and years and years, maybe the home you raise your children in, um, or does it make more sense financially to, to maybe downsize and get in something a little bit smaller, especially if the kids are up and out of the house. Um, so there's a financial component to that decision as well as an emotional component to that decision. And it's very tough to, um, to try to make that decision um, in the face of, uh, of both of those. So I, I think it's helpful to kind of take a step back and think 
more objectively about those ty types of decisions. Now, having said that, that's much easier said than done. Um, and yeah. there are a, a whole list of other examples that I could give you, but um, I've just seen, um, unfortunately, a lot of cases where um, uh, a lot of women were, um, you know, just looking for like a quick fix or they were looking for the easy answer or they just said, oh, I don't want to deal with all that stuff. You take care of that. And they might have said that to mm -hmm. a friend or a family member or uh, someone at church, for example, and they may wind up later regretting that. I've, I've seen that happen more than once, unfortunately. So again, take your time, um, give the grieving process the time that it needs and, and the time that you need to take, um, and then uh, revisit a lot of these financial uh, decisions and financial issues um, when you can come at it with a little bit clearer head. Um, and that might be a few weeks in the future. It might be a few months in the future. Yeah. But as I said earlier, very very little has to be done like immediately. So give it, give yourself time, make sure you're giving yourself self-care. Uh, you're taking care of, of yourself, your family, um, and, uh, and then, you know, then address the financial uh, matters um, in a, in a, in a position where you're, maybe your, your mind isn't as clouded with the fresh raw emotions of losing your spouse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all of this is just, wonderful advice and you know i realize you're out of atlanta but do you do business uh for those outside of the area are you available yeah, I do. or is it just yeah i i do so with with technology being like it is today and uh you know email and phone and video uh you know video chat and things like that i've got clients uh, most of my clients are in and around atlanta but i've got clients elsewhere uh, around the country. So geography is, is not really a, a limiting factor for me. Now, having said that, okay. um, a lot of people, especially a lot of women uh, in the, you know, as, as they're dealing with widowhood, I think they take comfort in being able to sit down with someone face to face. So um, don't discount, don't discount the value of finding someone local that you can sit down with and look in the eye. And if that gives you more comfort uh, around making financial decisions. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, I can, I can work with anyone uh, anywhere in the country. Awesome. So how, how can they contact you? The best way to contact me is go to my website. It's, uh, it's wealthcareforwomen.com. And um, I've written a bunch of articles, and there's some resources on there, which you, you mentioned earlier, Sabra. Um, but go to, um, you can go to my contact page, and you can send me a message. Uh, my direct phone number is on there. Um, you can actually even schedule a call on my calendar um, if you if you click through oh, there. Wow. So um, the best place to go would just be to go to my website, uh, look around, and uh, if you want to schedule a call or have a conversation or exchange some emails, feel welcome to reach out. Um, no cost, no obligation. If if I can help or, or if I can point you in the right direction, I'm happy to. Oh, that is awesome! Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for especially for agreeing to be on the air with me um and you're my first male non-widowed guest so thank you again um and i hope it won't be the last i, I do uh want us to stay connected um if you don't mind uh, maybe have you um another podcast uh, maybe after the first of the year you know after we spent all this money on on the holidays if you know if we decided to do so i think that would be a great um second podcast. What about you? 
Yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to, I'd love to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you, listeners, uh, for calling in. I do appreciate it. Shauna and Melody, thank you so much. Um, and to anyone who's tuned in online streaming, uh, please remember, grief never ends, but it changes. Uh, it's a passage. It's not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness nor a lack of faith, but it is the price of love. And I do give God the glory. So until next time, keep an understanding, everyone. Russ, thanks once again. And everyone, you have a great evening. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.